I'm Vince. And I'm Travis. And we're about to ruin your games and stuff. This is Travis! Welcome to Undesign. Oh, hey, Travis. How you doing, buddy? Hi, Vince. I'm, I'm uh, you know, just, just waking up, so I'm sure I'm going to be very bright and sunny in this uh, broadcast. Lucid. Can I call it a broadcast since we're not broadcasting anything? There's, like, no, like, radio waves or whatever, so I guess it's not a broadcast. It's a podcast, though. That is why they call it a podcast, I think, yeah. So we're throwing it at all those iPods that people still carry around. That's a thing people still own, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, Trev, what are we talking about today on this pod broad play thing on this cast? Yeah, this thing, this cast, we, uh... We roll a thing every week, and I rolled that thing, and it was a high 80s number. I don't remember what it is anymore because I just woke up, so I'm all foggy. But uh, I do remember that it was called the best piece of loot you ever got. Yes, the best piece of loot or item you have ever gotten in a game. And again, I think we're talking about RPGs, right? Is that a yeah, yeah, yeah. what are we talking about? Yes, I think in this case, this would be RPG-related. Although, I would accept Games an MMO, pretty, yeah, like a digital yeah. type of RPG, if if you had a really good one. Like the Sword of a Thousand Truths or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what do that's, you got? That's cool. Um, You know, I mean, I... So so I'm a, I'm a bad person because I, I personally don't like to listen to other people's game stories. I hate them. I think they're... I think they're very boring things to put in podcasts. So I, I'm gonna be I'm, I'm gonna be making something I hate right now because I'm just gonna be talking about crap that I did in a game that no one else is gonna care about. Uh, <laughs> so I guess I guess my first one would be uh, I was I guess I was nine years old and I just started playing Dungeons and Dragons like the kind of the, the we started with like the red box set I guess and then. I think there was like a, a cyan colored second box um, in that yep. first uh, run of Dungeons and Dragons basic. Yeah, um, the, the, the Bensey set or whatever. Yes. Yeah, and and uh, the GM had had bought like a, an adventure um, and was running it, you know, flat out of a book. And I uh, I was playing the most basic fighter ever made, and like I I can't like in in a dungeon somewhere I came across a, a pile of loot. And everybody, everybody started picking items out of that pile of loot, and I, so I, I ended up with like a, a piece of junk at the end, which was just a mirror. Okay, just, okay. just a mirror, like a little yep. tiny shaving mirror or something, right? Yep. Okay, like a little handheld um, mirror. Yeah, a little handheld mirror. And now, to me, I was nine. I was like, "Oh, that's stupid!" Like the last person got like a dagger that was magical. Why did I end up with a stupid mirror that doesn't do anything? And lo and behold, in the adventure, there's a Medusa. And I happen to be able to use a mirror against a Medusa at nine years old. This was the most amazing revelation that it like it was it was like like it was magical that I ended up with a mirror that I didn't think was a useful piece of loot. And then I was able to use this mirror to show this horrible monster its its own visage. And then it uh, it turned to stone or whatever and i was like whoa oh my god i just i, I just played out something you know what are the one of the great myths you know sure um, now, and it was seen, a huge deal to me had you seen clash of the titans yet at that point right yes okay so you were even reliving what was in a really cool yeah, movie right. let's be honest when i first saw clash of the titans when i was young i was like oh my god, oh my god. 
pretty big deal, right? It's, it's like amazing. A, that was the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I got to relive a story that um, that I loved. Um, and then ever since that, then I, you know, I've of course been reliving other stories, much like that one, that are more disguised, you know, and more more hidden. Um, what we do in these games is we we take all these other stories that we've that we've heard, and then we we mutate them into new and different experiences by changing names and faces and places, minor minor story notes, things like that, and we turn them into new fables, right? Um, but that was that was the first just just straight up wish fulfillment kind of deal where I was like, oh, I'm I'm playing this game because I want to do things that are in the movies and stuff that I like and the the games and the books that I like. They're like you know not this, but I can like actually you know role play them out. And there was my opportunity, and it was like my second game ever. Um, so it was a big deal to me. So my my best piece of loot ever, I guess one of them would have been a mirror, and that when I was nine years old. I love it. I love that that's your example. That's fantastic. Um, you know, I'm going to pick uh, a a similar sort of uh, not an amazing item. It just was exactly what it needed to be. Okay. And my choice, and, and after we're done with these, I want to talk about what we think makes those, what makes these items so good and memorable. So my item, you remember my character Spaz, of course, right? Uh yeah, this was a he was kind of a cyberpunk Shadowrun character. Yes, who was like right? addicted yeah. to speed, right? Super yes. fast. Yeah. yeah, and he was he had like lots of tech, like lots of cyberware, I guess. That oh yeah, he was. Made. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there wasn't much human left in him, right? And so, I mean, quite literally, because that's how the game is actually run. You spend your humanity or whatever. Yes. Um, so I, you at some point, like my character was super fast and the way initiative worked at that time period in the game was super wonky where if you, you went by tens. So if you got into like the fifties on initiative, let's say you rolled a 53, right? And your enemy rolled like a 12, that meant you would go on 53, 43, 33, 23, and 13 before they would act once. <laughs> right? right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it was a system where you just basically rolled X number of dice and added them up, right, and to get your to get your number. Yeah, and um, uh, some builds had access to more dice than others and things like that. And so the more dice you had, the more opportunity you had to reach those those tens. Correct, exactly. So you know, my character had a combination of you know move by wire reflexes and just everything and anything that could push initiative. That was his thing. And so at some point in the game. You gave me a uh, magic, like, 9mm pistol, okay? It didn't do anything else. Like, it didn't, its bullets didn't, like, trace around walls or, like, shoot magical sparks or, or kill demons or anything, right? It okay. was just a magically created 9mm pistol, okay? And... What it did, like its only magical thing, was that it allowed me to sort of reload in a faster sense, right? And the gun had been assembled by magic and meant to work at, at sort of, it was meant for somebody like me. And what was cool about it is in that game, normally magic and technology don't mix, right? And so this was a very right, special Right, you take some magic, item. you take some technology, you're a weaker character overall and things like that. Yeah. Right. So this was a very special item to me because it felt like something that wasn't normal for the world, right? 
because oh there aren't normally magic guns that's a thing you're not allowed to do but i i have this weird exception and the gun was awesome because i remember there was a scene where uh you confronted me with a bunch of goons who were there to intimidate me right there was like let's say seven goons and my character was going through the story arc of getting faster and faster, knowing that he was going to die because like there was like he had done too much. He had pushed himself too far mm-hmm. and now he was going to burn out. But at the moment, I was like at the top of my game, fast as I had ever been. Right. Ironically, the storyline you had me following is the same storyline as like all star Superman, where it's like the last 12 months of Superman's life. Yeah. Yep. He gets like hypercharged and then, you know, but it's too much and he's going to die at the end of it. And that, you know, it's coming. Same thing my character was going through. So you had the bad guy who we had been in a fight with for a while, sending some goons to intimidate me. And my character's response was to stand up, draw and shoot six of them in the head dead immediately. Like with that gun, right? Just one, two, three, four, five, six, all before they could act. Right. Because my character at that point was just ridiculously fast to the point that I could make six shots before they made one. And then my gun goes to the second to the last guy's head and I don't pull the trigger. Like, I depress my finger, but don't pull the trigger. And I was like, go tell your boss that, we, you know, we're we're coming for him and blah, blah, blah. We'll be here at this time. Standard movie stuff. Super cliched, right? But, again, it's living that trope. It's exactly what yeah, you It feels right? great to live it. Yeah. Yeah. Super action movie stuff. And in that, when that scene happened, somebody in the thing was like, somebody in the group was like, wait a minute. How is your gun firing that fast? Like your gun is just going way too fast. And <laughs> like it heat up and break and jam something, right? And I was like, no, it's a magic gun. And you were like, oh yeah, never mind. That's cool. That's right. You had the magic gun. You're good. And it was just like, it didn't do anything super amazing other than let my character be who I wanted him to be. Right? Right. So, so you're saying it 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 allowed him to be a more concentrated version of him. Yeah. Because, like, what I wanted to do in my head with that character is be super fast and fire a gun at, like, ultra-fast speed, right? Because that's cool. But the game rules were telling me you're not allowed to do that because, you know, bad things would happen, blah, 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 blah. And so Magic came in and said, no, no, it's okay. Have fun the way you want. Right? And... Yeah, it really... I mean, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. It, it allowed me to play the character and, and have the character act the way the character should act in my head, which I think yeah. is, is really valuable. Um, so, um, go ahead. Well, it, it's, a, it's an interesting use uh, of, of this conversation, I think, because I, as a GM, often completely overlook balance. I don't. I I I I throw balance to the wind. I throw I throw it to the wind like caution. I don't care. Um, when I run a game, I tend to you know, if something sounds awesome to me, I'm going to do that awesome thing instead of worrying about whether or not it's going to have consequences later on. Um, as far as balance and the fun in balance goes. Yep. Okay. I kind of I put a lot of trust into my players um, for for them to make the right decisions so that those balance issues don't get out of hand and make other people in their party not have fun because of it because that's the only the only time balance is an issue is when it when it hinders fun um like when it gets in the way 
Um, although I have heard, I mean, it, it, that's not the first time and it wasn't the last time um, that people have said you can't you shouldn't do you shouldn't be able to do that that's not in the rules it's that doesn't feel right and whatever and then you know later in the game they don't care anymore like it it didn't really affect their fun they were just trained by the game to believe that you know outside of the rules might be a little rough you know it might make things less fun right right um because i've given out i've given out you know in in dungeons in like the base dungeons and dragons games of warple sword like a second level you know i give it away just here's a warple sword you're level two now there's a whole history behind it, and it's like like you know it's gonna spawn in the entire campaign's primary uh, plotline, um, but they didn't know that at the time, and it was a, a big deal. So I mean it's it's much the same, you know you're 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 handing players power, um, but it's not the power that matters; it's the stories that come out of it that matter to me. Um, Absolutely. So that- Absolutely. So to to tie along with what you just said, my current character that I've referenced many times, the luck focused character from our previous discussions um the gm gave me a luck blade to start out with like when i when i brought the character in at like level three okay and he's like you can roll the normal wish thing like a d4 minus one and i rolled a four so that my blade had three wishes in it out of the gate it's huge yeah i'm level three and i'm rocking three wishes and the gm was like okay that's cool and he had no problem with it for two reasons one, he knew that I, as a character, and being who I am, am not going to abuse that, right? Um, that I am going to use that in only the most fair way at only the most narratively relevant time. Yeah. Um, because I value the story above my own character doing cool thing, you know, whatever, doing a cool thing, right? The cool thing mm-hmm. is the story. That's Maturing cool. as a player will do that to you. Now, maybe maybe less mature players won't have that same quality yet. They won't have, won't have grown that far. But And then, secondly, I was talking to him about it, and he's like, you know, it's been great with you having that sword because now I don't have to worry as much. And what he meant is, if he created a scenario that he thought was going to go a certain way, he would be able to handle or whatever, blah, 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 right? A particular challenge. Could be combat, could not be, right? Could be something else. Could just be something crazy that because of dice or because of our decisions or because of what else, whatever, goes bad, right? And we've all had this as a GM where you, you know, construct an encounter or a scenario or something that you think is going to be completely reasonable and it just goes south. <laughs> yep. It's kind of the, na- the nature of, of the game and, and the, the random things we attach to the game. Yeah. And so what we as GMs then have to do is like quickly course correct often because because we don't want to kill the players or or ruin or end the game. Right. Because some of... GMs. Yeah. Some GMs don't. Um, I, I, I know of GMs who have played hard, like, you know, quote, hardcore style. I, I just don't buy that. I don't understand why you'd want to destroy the narrative, a good story because of some bad luck or bad possible potential, even bad design or foresight on your own part. Sure. I mean, I'm not promoting it. I, you know, I don't play that way. I, I right. fudge 90% of my roles. I don't even care. Right. But uh, uh, I, I, I have encountered groups where where they talk about their GM as if he's deadly. He's a deadly GM. You know, he's you know, you're, you're, you're in for it if you, you play under this guy. I'm just like, okay, whatever. Yes. <laughs> Good for you. I'm glad he's a, I'm glad he's a scary imaginary guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. okay. Yeah, so I'm just saying it exists. That's it, all. You're right. It probably does. But but what I love about it is this. 
he he it took the sh- the 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 concerns the shackles off of him right because if that happened he knew i would bail us out <laughs> right right yeah that's when i would push the wish button to like solve whatever the problem was when there was the appropriate no time other options left right when that was it it was like the nuclear option we are out of choices here right yeah so like case in point one of my wishes was there was a thing that went bad we were we had were confronting zugtamoy okay like the demon lord of fungus and we're not high level it's just yeah. at in this game you happen to confront zugtamoy and a bunch of her minions that have she's fairly inert throughout the fight although she still does participate Anyways, we have a wild mage in the group. The wild mage uh, popped off her wild magic and opened a gate to Bator and summoned out a Baylor that had had a previous anemone with us. Had been summoned once before when many levels earlier, the same wild mage had popped the same gate. The same Baylor. So now we've got a super high-powered demon a demon lord and a bunch of minions and it's just all going south fast like everybody's unconscious everything like this is going to be a party wipe right so i'm like all right the only option is i like i wish you evac everybody out right you gotta push the wish button i push the wish button to basically just teleport everybody out to safety right to just suck everybody out and and get us somewhere safe now there were still consequences even with the wish he didn't let me do it free. I still had to make some rolls to see some people who had fallen in a crevice. And then we still lost somebody. Like, uh, we lost an interesting NPC that had been with us, which set us back in our story and blah, blah, blah. So there were still consequences. Um, but the, then it just meant there were new challenges to overcome. Them. And so to return back to our actual topic, I find that items that here, here would be my summation, right? If I had to think about this, what makes a great and memorable item? Almost never, they are the items out of the book, right? Mm-hmm. I would, I would, I would. Okay, how about we go a little further though? <clears throat> it's, it's not, it's not necessarily about the items in the book. It's never it. The best items in my memory and probably yours too are not the ones that give the biggest combat bonus or the most bonus abilities. Yep. Right, because that's not that's not what makes makes uh, the best piece of loot. Um, sure, it makes your character, you know, statistically more powerful but it's not more interesting it's not more fun necessarily for you for for anybody else but you unless you know you know what i'm saying if uh if you're the kind of player that really really likes combat bonuses then maybe it's fun for you but it won't make the game in its entirety a better experience for everyone um and so oftentimes game books tend to focus more on the things that give bigger combat bonuses or more bonus abilities things like that as opposed to what i think is the rule and I'm, I'm, I know I've been, I've just I cut I cut off your train of thought completely, but I think what's in what's great is in items is weird is interesting. Mo- yep. More interesting is key. The more weird, the more different, the more um, the more kind of kind of side along it is. Um, the more it breaks the rules, the way superheroes break rules in comic books, the more interesting it is in general. Yep, I would also say the more likely it is to have to be used actively or or have some situation happen where it can it can do an unusual thing breaking the normal expectations of the world being able to be applied even if it does have some kind of constantly functioning thing but then being able to take it and apply it in a creative way right Mm -hmm. just makes it perhaps one of the the most interesting items i ever gave out as a gm was 
like a kind of a variant of the immovable rod, which is kind of a yes. a bland item, right? It's kind of like okay, this is a a, a piece of metal, you know, like this this rod of metal, and this this particular variant would either hang in the air and not you know you couldn't move it; it would just hang in the air without any other anything holding it up, um, uh, or it would uh, fly back to your hand when you commanded it to do so. So the 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 amount of things that the uh, the players I was I was uh, jamming for came up with to do with that thing is just immense. Like they use it for everything from you know simple climbing, which is what you would expect something like that to be used for because it's just not a hanging rod. So you you know move it up a little bit and hold it in place and then climb up and then move it up a little bit and climb. Um, but they also used it for like setting traps for giant giant bad guys. You know they would they would uh, put, put you know put some meat around it and then have this giant monster come after the meat that was hanging in the air and then it would you know bite down on an immovable rod and that'd be a problem for it. Yeah. Um, and 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 then and then they would they would have it you know, they would use its magic to hold it in place and so the monster had the movable rod inside of it inside of its stomach and it couldn't move so it was great um That's and awesome. or they would show off their their quote magical power great great you know as if they were gods to unsophisticated tribes of barbarians with it um because they had no other way to show their power except for to you know like we can climb into the air with this movable rod um but it didn't do anything else like it didn't destroy right. monsters it didn't destroy yep. the world it didn't hold phenomenal cosmic power it was just a stick that you could put in the air yeah yeah a stick <laughs> it was it, yeah, it's a stick made of metal that's it it's just a metal piece of metal that's it yep i'm i'm totally with you the unusual the weird the rule breaking the things that can be applied creatively those are going to be the pieces of loot i'm not saying you shouldn't give out sun swords or you know, staves of power or stuff like that. It can those be can cool. still be right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are cool and fun and can have some memorable interactions. Totally. And and those are good items. I would certainly take most uh, like I would take one or two of those over a, a garbage truck of swords plus one or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, or armor of fire resistance or. Yeah. You know, similar boring right. flat items. Basically, sword plus five is nowhere near as interesting as. As the 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 plus one sort of truth that glows when it's near Knowles, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like totally, that, that one's way cooler than just plus five. Yes, uh, I I want to close with the this final story that one of the, talking about having it be memorable. One of the funniest magic items I ever funny now, but certainly memorable items I ever got in a game was in a game we were playing in Planescape, and we were begging and begging and begging to get a Victorian green steel sword. Second edition, there was Cheater or Baetorian Greensteel. And, oh, yeah. And so we begged around and begged around and begged around. And finally, the GM got sick of it. And so he he, he let us find a shop that had some Baetorian Greensteel called the Two-Edged Sword. Now, none of us were clever enough to catch on to the idea of what, what it means. What, what does having something be a double-edged sword means? It means it's good and bad, right? Because it goes both directions. Yeah. That's the concept of the idiom. And so we, it inscribed in the side of the blade, it says two-edged sword. Okay, neat. It has the, the name of the shop inscribed into it. Branding, I get it. So we buy the sword, we pay a pretty penny for it, right? And the fighter goes out and swings the sword at the first monster we find. And as soon as he swings it at a monster, it yells out, shop at the two-edged sword. It 
openly announces the and creates an advertisement for the shop every time you swing it. And it does that every time you swing it. Yeah, that's it. pretty fantastic. In a super that's, loud voice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Advertising in, in, in that kind of a place is just fantastic. That's a a very intelligent use of, of of magical items. Yeah. It was so great. That's a and great it's piece exactly of exactly what you said. Memorable, strange, but it was aligned with what the character wanted, right? There was still alignment. The, the character wanted a cool Victorian green steel sword. They had that. There was just other weirdo, memorable things going on. Works, those unusual things. Yeah, it just had a big flashing sign that was like, eat at Joe's every time you swung it. It was just good. Yes, yes. There you go. So is that uh, is that our most memorable items and why undesigned? Yeah, I mean, I think that's um, that's that's, you know, several several of the, the good pieces of loot that we've come across or given out in our games and I think that we, we pretty much broke down what it was, so we'll, we'll call that undesigned. Undesigned. All right. Thank you very much, everybody. We always appreciate you listening. As always, email is down below. Shoot us a note if you want to have us discuss a future topic. We always appreciate that, and we'll see you next time.